Ladies and gentlemen, your buddy Gavin here, June 6th, 2019, Game 5, Stanley Cup Finals, coming our way in about an hour and 15 minutes from right now as I record this little pre-show of the filibuster freestyle. Uh, have not got 100% confirmation from Andy Maslin that he'll be joining us later, but I feel 99.9% positive he will. The question will be, will it be after a huge Bruins victory or, frankly, a huge St. Louis Blues victory? This game is pretty much as close to must-win as possible for either team because either, e- even though neither team will be eliminated with a loss, the losing team will be scrambling and be forced to win their next two. So we'll see what happens on the filibuster freestyle. We'll see what happens on NBC or NBC Sports or whatever the heck channel this Stanley Cup Finals are on. Definitely an NBC property, unofficial sponsor of the week. We get the reads wrong because when they're unofficial, it doesn't matter if you get the reads wrong. Anyway, uh, check us out, website, filibusterfreestyle.com. Follow us on Instagram, at filibusterfreestyle. You can follow me on Twitter, at Gavin Viano. Uh, also, iTunes is dead, but Apple Podcasts will remain. And so, and by the way, don't freak out. iTunes isn't dead yet, but it's going away uh, this fall. But your, your music won't go away. Google it. You'll see. Anyway, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts because those are going nowhere. And also, if you don't want to or don't have Apple Podcasts, subscribe on SoundCloud. That way you can follow the show, tell your friends about it, leave reviews, rate it, all that good stuff. Coming up next, the theme song. We'll see how this game goes. And on the flip side of the theme song, Andy Maslin and I will know how it went. We shall see. Filibuster, filibuster freestyle. Filibuster, filibuster Watch out for the filibuster. Filibuster. Freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. It's the filibuster freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. Andy Maslin joins us immediately following Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Finals. Bruins lose 2-1. to one. Crap. Andy. Biddington stood on his head, 38 of 39 shots faced. He saved, and the Zebras gave a little bit of help to the folks from St. Louis on a non-tripping call. That's my take. What do you think about the second goal the Blues scored tonight? Uh, a couple things. It was it was BS. It was an obvious trip. Should have been called. The player reaction, you knew it should have been there. Uh, he, he knew it was a call. That's why he turned to look at the officials. Like, I didn't do anything. Well, yes, you did. You know you did. But l- blaming the officials for a loss is for losers. Yeah. That's what loser teams and loser cities do. Bruins scored one goddamn goal. You don't win games scoring one goddamn goal. Right. Last game, it was, you know, what, 10 minutes left? Uh, and they were down by one, and they managed one shot. Tonight right. they got a bunch of shots, but... You scored one. I feel like the Bruins are getting too cute. Like, I'm not the guy in the stands yelling, shoot, shoot. But, like, you know, the these the the St. Louis defensemen are known for being, you know, long defensemen. Everyone, every single one of them is over six feet tall. Yep. Long reach. And the Bruins just continue to try to stick handle around them and lose the puck going into the zone way too much, and they never get their offense going. Biddington stood on his head, but – you know, Bruins had some good scoring chances. There were, you sure. know, but but I didn't say early on they did, like mostly in the first. After that, I, I just didn't think they had too many grade A scoring chances in the second and third period. No, the second, the second period especially. The second period was 
the, the Bruins basically came out. They gave up a goal in 45 seconds or so in the second period to start the second period. And then both teams kind of just played, you know, end-to-end, no real good chances the rest of the way in the second period. But the damage was done. The Russian was cut, if you will. And uh, the second goal, no, though I'm not making excuses, we were texting earlier, and I just said, Bruins got to score soon because they're, you know, Bennington's not giving up three tonight, and you said he might not give up any. And he split the difference and gave up one. But my point is, once they went down 2 nothing, it was over. I mean, uh, it, it was, it was, it, it, but here's the thing. I mean, I, I'm being honest. Did, did Patrice Bergeron play tonight? <laughs> well, you mentioned that, and I, I was always shocked when I saw and I heard his name called. You're right. Um, David Krejci. I mean, I, yeah, he had that great play, you know, where uh, Rask was down and out, and I think it was him who, who slid in behind him and made the save. Yeah. What did he do in the offensive zone? Nothing. Marshand, nothing tonight. A penalty. Like, he, uh, blame the refs all you want. It was a bogus call, a bogus non-call. It should have been called. But the Bruins did not do enough to win that yeah. game. Well, then the real, the real blame is on the power play suddenly going cold. What's going on there tactically? Because uh, I, I think I, I, I don't know. I, I think they're getting too cute. Um. They're, you know, their, their spacing seemed seemed a little off on it. Uh, Pasternak just seems to be looking to pass rather than shoot a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, it's not going to score at the clip that it was scoring on. You no, know, no that's question. Just... Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so you're not a big momentum guy, and that's probably good for this argument because the Bruins are going back to St. Louis with 0.0 momentum. Um, did the goal going through for the Bruins towards the end there with Biddington giving up a goal, does that does that do anything to take away Biddington's invincibility? No. I mean, I mean it doesn't. Um, I'm still going to say the fans are losers for watching a road game in the home arena. Um <laughs> Did they again tonight? I didn't see that. Did they show? Oh yeah, place was electric from what I understood from Twitter. Nothing like watching a game on the jumbo screen at a stadium. So, but I'm 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 feeling I'm not feeling good. I'm feeling like the same thing I said the other night. Whoever won tonight's game is winning this this in six. Right. Well, that's what you said, and you said no matter who won, that was what your call was going to be. And I don't have a lot of evidence over the last uh, 180 minutes of hockey. That's two games worth, everybody, to, to refute that at all. The Blues are doing exactly what they've done in the last three rounds before this, which is they feel teams out in the first three or four games, and then they go into lockdown mode. And they just, they're everywhere. They just suffocate you everywhere. Big dudes, four check, no space, unless you snipe them and get lucky or get enough power plays. And Barubi, Barubi crying about not getting, you know, we're the least penalized team in the league. What happened tonight? It's worked because the last two games, the Bruins have had many less power plays to score on, which five on five, they're getting killed. Even in the games they've won, they're getting killed in five on five. So Bruby putting that in the ref's ear is just enough because they play rough and tumble. And I was saying this to pundit Cindy Harrington off the air. You know, I think it was the 2000 and like, I forget what year it was. Maybe it was 13 or 11 or whatever, but 
There was a year when they played the Lightning in the Eastern Conference Finals, and it was seven game seven, zero penalties called, and that was yep. a good, clean, like hard hitting playoff game that was not dirty. And the ref said, "We're going to put our whistles in our mouths or in our pockets, excuse me, and we're going to let the players decide it." But the Lightning and the Bruins were playing good, rough playoff hockey. The Blues want to basically commit pass interference, to use a football term, every single play and dare you to call it every single time. And that's just yep. not going to work. I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying it's playing right into their hands with their, with their size and their style. Yeah, and I don't want to call him out because I don't know, but Noel Achari better be dead because the way he was looking around, I, and I don't know if he came back or not, I felt if he is hurt, that's too bad. But I felt he stayed down. Like yeah, get up and play. Get up and to play. To complain that he didn't get the call there and he came back to bite yeah, them. Yeah, get up and uh, play. Yeah, I mean, maybe he whacked his head. Maybe he did get a concussion. But just the, I think he did. the look on his face was like, oh, I, I'm trying to get a call. And then he gets scored on. He, he never came back, I don't think, though. Um, but I do think that you're right. Like, the, if, you, if, you, if you're coherent enough to start complaining to the ref, you're coherent enough... You know, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Get up and get in the friggin' way of the friggin' puck. Dip, dodge, duck, dodge, dip. Dive. D- dive. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last thing, and I'll let you go, because it's 11.15 at night, and tonight sucked. Um, Chara playing was cool, though. Only in, yeah. ho- only in hockey. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, it was good. I thought he played well. The one thing I will say, you know, I, I, hate, I hate fans of all teams. Um, even the Boston teams, I mean, I, I feel because I am, I mean, I feel this way because it's the truth that I'm smarter than most fans. Uh, I feel most <laughs> fans are idiots. Um, That's fair. And I'm just, I'm, when it comes to rooting for sports, I'm just at a level above most people. But I just love the fact that, um, in the, in the series before, not the Carolina series, in the Columbus series, and even in the Toronto series, we had Boston people, Boston fans, Boston media calling for Chara to be sat down because he looked old and slow. And now, like, he's almost going to be out for a game because he's hurt. It's like, we can't lose Big Z. We, if, if Z doesn't play, we lose the series. It's like, you wanted him out of a game a few weeks ago. Right. Now he's a hero by playing. Yeah, it, 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 like, fans just are. That's correct. That also comes back to matchups, though, in that, you know, I think people just think having <laughs> having Big Z back there is the only shot on the power play to not give up a goal to the Blues. Um, yeah, like, it is the thing. Like when all that was happening earlier, it's like Big Z is not the defenseman he used to be. No, he's not. The speed on those on those first two teams, like, you know, speed based teams, really made him look bad. But you're not going to tell. He's not a number one defenseman like he was. But you're not going to tell me that he, that you know. He doesn't belong out there, you know, over a camper or more or someone yeah, like that. He, he's absolutely still a very high-quality NHL defenseman. He's also an incredibly high-quality penalty killer, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, he's not the guy he was nine years ago, but you know what? Neither are we. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, the, only, the only way you're doing better right now if, than nine years ago is if you're under the age of 27. That's it. Yes. Yes, and, and that's that's a turning point right there. Twenty seven starts to go down fit downhill quick. Vanishing point, turning point. <laughs> hair turns into power alleys. Power alleys turn into baldness. Red hair turns into white hair. All that crap happens. So yeah, yes. Big Z's a step slow. He's still better than everybody out there. But I think I think honestly, him being hurt is just and people seeing him play. I think that shit goes to the hopelessness. 
Like tonight we were coming in tied two to two, and I think people felt like if they don't win tonight, it's over. And I think that's how we still feel. So people were yeah. people were in desperation mode for Big Z to be out there because I think they just felt like it was a safety blanket and having a shot. And Biddington showed up. Biddington showed up. Yeah, yeah, I. I mean, he did. He did. I mean, like I said, hopefully I'm wrong, but I, I think the Blues win this next game. Yeah, I hope you're wrong, too. Uh, I hope that, if anything, it's just that false sense of security. If we're going to go back to Stanley Cup and win in front of our fans in St. Louis, and then, you know what, he gets five-holed a couple times, and what is that? That's a nice little noise. I, I am getting gas at Wawa as we speak. Wait, wait. Unofficial sponsor of the week, Wawa? Wawa. Not getting a sandwich, just getting gas. You know that it's dangerous stuck in the phone and pump gas at the same time, right? Well, my, my car's running, too, so that should take care of uh, any of that danger. The good news is Andy will not know if the Bruins won or lost the Stanley Cup in two nights. <laughs> Not a big, not a big rule, not a big rules guy when it comes to what I was supposed to do while pumping gas. And just you know, just to break every rule, I'm now going to sit in my car while the gas is pumping, which they tell you not to do. Do you want to start smoking a cigarette? If I had one, I would. Oh man, that'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, kids listening at home, don't do anything that Andy just did. <laughs> this is what you do after a loss. You know, what I like to, you know what I like to do after a loss? Go to the gas station, talk on the phone, and smoke cigarettes while I sit in the running car. Actually, this is a good little segment that we have. We should do another time, maybe if the Bruins lose on Monday night or Sunday night. But what what is your favorite reaction to a crushing loss in your in your life? Now that you have time to look back on it, mine. Okay, then, go ahead. Uh, go, you go first. Okay, mine. My most memorable, obviously, is when Brett, uh, Aaron Boone hit that home run in 03. But in 2010, the Celtics were in the uh, NBA Finals, and they, they should have won. And, and um, Kendrick Perkins got hurt, and Ron Artest like, bank-shotted in a 30-footer inexplicably. And I, I was so pissed that I kind of like just like put my arms up in disbelief. But I was in my buddy Larry's basement in Philadelphia, and I cut my fist wide open. On his, ce- <laughs> on his ceiling, because his ceilings were too low. Sweet uh, move. 2018-0 Patriots losing to the Giants. Had a Super Bowl party at my house. The, the second the game ended, I turned my TV off and told everyone to get the F out. And before they were gone, I was in bed. Like, <laughs> everyone get out. And don't, I walked to my room and went to bed. Don't let the paint dry. <laughs> yeah. Linda's like that was rude. I'm like I don't care. I don't want them here, dude. Nothing, nothing's more crushing than the Patriots. Oh, sorry. Well, any team losing the Super Bowl, but when the Patriots lost like that, because then it's February in New England, and you, the only thing you want to do is listen to sports radio, but you, you don't because it's going to be everybody being really upset. Yeah, I, I was like, that's when I, you know, was still. Uh, I would when when any of Boston teams, especially the Patriots, like lose anything. And at that point, I was watching ESPN a lot more. I very rarely watch ESPN now, but sure. I would put myself on a one-week ESPN embargo. Oh, like I used to give you French fry embargoes at the Boulevard Diner. I gave someone a French fry embargo last night. They were so confused. Oh wait, you put one on somebody? Oh yeah. Well, the best part about the French fry embargo is actually it wasn't an embargo; it was a tariff. 
Um, but I used the wrong terminology, and French fry embargo sounds better than French fry tariff. Yeah, but, I, I mean, I still, I will, I will. Sometimes I'll just grab one and tell them that they're sanctioned. Yeah, but I do think when you grab somebody else's French fries and then say it's a French fry embargo, it does get people's head scratching a little bit. Yeah, just to let the uh, audience at home know, fifty six dollars worth of gas, and I did not blow up. All right, so listen, it can go either way. You can either do what Andy does or do what they tell you to do, and it sounds like you got a 50-50 shot or better walking away. So, yeah. Well, just, just so you know, I'm getting gas because I decided I had to go out to my truck to do this podcast because my daughter wanted to sleep with her door open tonight. Um, even though she's upstairs, I get on the phone, I want to, want to wake her up because who knows where I'm going to go. And then Linda was sleeping on the couch. So I'm like, I'm just going to go sit in my truck. Then I got my truck and my little fuel light was on. So I, I'm going to go get gas. I mean, what a, what a what a transpiration of event, transpiring of events. You know, now you've got a full tank for the morning, and you're ready to attack your day. It's great. I am. I am. Well, that's great, man. I I, I feel so much better after having this conversation. Which is secretly, people are like, "Why do you do it after losses?" I'm like, "Well, then I can just talk with Andy Maslin, and by the end of it, we're talking about French fry embargoes, and I don't care about the game anymore." Exactly. Exactly. I don't give a darn about the game, but I'm going to say this right now, though I do agree with you. My head is telling me. This thing's going to be over for Game 6. I'll see you back in Boston for Game 7. All right. I'm going to do the, I'm going to do the kiss of death, John Tortorella. <laughs> well, that's the thing I would also love tonight, you know, with my hating of fans. Like, like if someone asks, like, uh, a guy in the Bruins, so do you think you'll win the next game? I want them to answer, no, they seem like a really good team. I don't expect to make it back for Game 7. Because if a guy says, I fully expect to win to be back for Game 7, then you're guaranteeing a victory. So I want a guy just to say tonight, nope, we're not very good. They're better. I expect to lose in Game 6. Just got to tip our caps to them and call the Yankees our daddies, you know? Yeah. Uh, like Pedro once said. Well, anyway, yes. I dislike the St. Louis Blues a lot. And I was just gonna, I was just going to give the update that I do not like the St. Louis Blues. All right, well, good. The feeling is unanimous. Everybody else, filibusterfreestyle.com. Take a look at the website. You can look at Andy's bio and bios of other pundits on the page of frequent guests. Andy, let's uh, let's rendezvous for game six. Oh, wait, really quick. I'm sorry, buddy. Tomorrow morning in about six, eight hours from now, Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal on the clay, Roland Garros, French Open semifinals. It's, it's where Rafa, Rafa owns the clay, but what, what do you got? Rafa in straight well, sets? What do you got? That's actually where I really needed to get gas. I'm driving my truck to Roland Garros right now um, <laughs> to get a good seat for tomorrow's game. I hope $56 um, is enough gas. I, 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 like you said, I, I, it, it, it's, it's in the halls to win you know, tomorrow morning, but I, I, I always root for Federer. I just want to see him get another one. Me too. That'd be amazing. Thing is, though, that the winner of this that match likely gets Djokovic, uh, and I, I, I would love to see Federer go through Nadal on clay and Djokovic on clay to get a second French Open. I just think it's very unlikely. I, I, I beating one of them, maybe you know it could happen. Right. He's a good enough player, well, what, but beating them back to back, I just don't see it happening. Now, even what, if he yeah. sneaks by tomorrow. Yeah. Now the other thing is that nobody's giving any. Any credence to the number four player in the world, Dominic Team, beating Djokovic and/or the winner of Nadal Federer? Do you think that's a smart move to just not bet on him at all, or do you think maybe he's the sleeper? He's the guy who's in his twenties. The other guys are on thirty plus. He's definitely the sleeper, but it's you know it's it's you got to do it before I'm going to have any faith in you. 
I mean, those guys, they've done it. They've been there. Um, until you beat one of them or, you know, I, I'm, until you beat one of them, I don't expect you to beat two of them back to back. Right. Imagine this, though. You play Djokovic, who is the reigning major champion in the last three majors, number one player in the world. You beat him, you either get the greatest clay court player of all time or the greatest major winner on the men's side of all time. Yeah. So if he earns it then, then you got to say, well, this guy's here. So anyway, we've turned hockey talk into tennis talk. That's how flexible we are. That's how good Andy is. And by the way, how about the snoozer of the century? No one's even doing promos for the Belmont Stakes because no one gives a damn. Because uh, when the Kentucky Derby winner gets stripped of the win and then neither of the horses run in the Preakness, the Belmont's got no shot. Belmont's got nothing and is from a dump of a track. That's a tough spot. Though I did watch American Farrah win the Triple Crown there four years ago today. Today. Yeah, I, I like that. Oh, and by the way, sorry, let's end it on this. Stick around for a minute. We'll catch up real quick. But 75th anniversary of D-Day. Thank you to everybody who defended the freedoms of the Western civilization. Tip of the cap to all those. There's still some people out there, like in their 90s, Andy, who were there. God bless them. Yeah, and, and someone, someone was, was talking about it earlier. And I, I respect those guys so much. Amazing what they did. I just think of someone like me being told at age 18, hey, we got to go do this. <laughs> and just like, no, not really my thing. You guys, you guys have a good time. Yeah, I am just the complete opposite of anyone that can go kill somebody. Correct. So tip of the cap. Or, or, or put their life on the line. You know, so many of them were killed just to, like, get through. And, and also, D-Day, what a horrible battle plan. Who put that one together? I don't know. But the good news is France is liberated. Rest is history. So tip we're, of the, not, we're not speaking German. Yeah, so tip, I mean, tip of the cap. I mean, I mean, I mean, that's the thing. Today, amazing to hear, like you said, some of those guys are up in their 90s, but hearing them talk, you know, you, you get a couple interviews today uh, about guys and talking about what actually like went on and how how crazy it was, things that we can't even imagine. So it's, it, like I said, I, I am... I am the last person on the planet that that wants that wants to be involved in a war. So these guys that did it, amazing, amazing people, and to survive it and still have memories of it, you know, you just you just gotta tip your cap. Yeah, what a what a what a sacrifice, and uh, we appreciate it. So, all right, Andy, stick around for a second. We're out of here. Bruins lose two to one in Game Five. They're down three to two in the series. It goes back to St. Louis. We'll be here for the winners or the losers on Game 6. But until then, Andy, thanks for being on, buddy. So is, is, Whoa, game six, is Game 6 Saturday or Sunday? Sunday. I, Sunday, okay. Sunday. Ooh. Ooh. What do you got? I will not be able to give a recap of it. Oh, yeah? What do you got, a bar mitzvah or something? I will be at Hootie and the Blowfish. I will call in with a Hootie and the Blowfish recap. I'll tell you what. That actually could be a, a really good um, alternative ending. <laughs> So, so uh, I'll plan when I get out of the concert. I will call you uh, with the Hootie and the Blowfish recap. I am 1,000% here for that. All right, stick around for a second. We'll catch up. Everybody else have a great evening.